Hi there guys, this is Liam from the Punks and Pubs. You're going to be listening to me in a second ramble about some shit with someone. This is an advert from the off, just to let you know, but the reason that this is an advert is not because someone's paying me, it's because I've just been happy with the service I've been provided. Merchstore.co.uk are a bunch of guys who have printed my t-shirts for me, the Punks and Pubs t-shirts, go check them out, and they've been nothing but amazing. The reason that they've been nothing but amazing is because these guys know difficulties of getting your t-shirts printed for a reasonable price they happen to be in bands so they know the process of going to someone and then checking something and then the it's just it's just a long drawn out process but these guys have made it really simple for me and the price has been amazing and the quality of the t-shirts are great so go and check them out merchstore.co.uk i can't make you do it but i would definitely recommend that you do it there you go i'm off uh, here's the intro music. I'll talk to you in a second. Oi, oi, you punks, go on my pump! Welcome to the Punks in Pubs podcast. My name is Liam Bird and thank you for joining me for part two of my chat with Josh from the Skints. I think it's episode 28. Uh, Before we get into that, let me take a moment to talk to you about the new Punks in Pubs t-shirts. So far, the interest has been amazing. So thank you for getting in contact. If you are interested in picking up a t-shirt for you or a loved one, you can email punksinpubs at gmail.com to register your interest in a t-shirt they're 15 pounds each excluding postage and packaging it depends where you live in the world and i will only be taking payments via paypal paypal offers you the buyer better protection than any other way of me trying to get money from you if i'm honest i'm not endorsing paypal i'm not saying everyone should use paypal it's just how i'm gonna do this with the t-shirts i just want to make sure that you guys feel safe that is the only reason why All money made by selling the t-shirts will go back into the podcast. That means travel costs, better mics, and so on. And as I have always said, if you listen to the podcast, together we grow. So by buying a t-shirt, you're supporting the podcast. So thank you very much. If you're not interested in a t-shirt, how about you just go rate and review? That helps the podcast as well. Seriously, please go rate and review on iTunes. It's stupid how much your little five stars and your message can really boost the podcast in its profile rating. iTunes is fucking corrupt as fuck in the way that it that it showcases podcasts and one way of getting around that is by you guys helping me by leaving rating and reviews it really helps anyway let's talk about part two episode 28 of me talking with josh from the skins so we pick it up from last time when we had our beer break and we start talking instantly about past albums and also using pledge music 
which is a way of you guys funding their recording process so they don't have to deal with the music industry. Uh, we talk about that as well, dealing with the music industry and having creative control of what you create. We also discussed touring America and how supporting Sublime was a huge confidence boost when they were over there as a new band. And also they were in America on election night when Trump won. Josh tells a great story. It must have been weird for, for everyone involved when that man uh, was voted in as president. I also asked Josh if grime is more punk than punk, Josh being a huge grime fan. And then I also quizzed Josh on some past comments he's made around the genre of punk. We also talk about Josh's work he did with the Mad Caddies and the Interrupters, as well as Fat Mike. Lastly, we talk about that KTB cover that has over a near million views on YouTube. And I asked Josh, when the fuck are we going to get a new Skins album? So that's all the interview with Josh, but don't forget, stick around afterwards because your band always plays out the show. I I really want to support new music, so all the bands who play out this podcast are all new or unsigned bands. This week, the band playing out the show come from the Spanish capital of Madrid. They are called Los Bananos, I think I've said that right, and they're worth sticking around for, really they are. That's later, and this is now. This is episode 28 part two with josh from the skins speak to you in a bit beers all topped up now so we'll carry on with the conversation so um live and breathe came out in 2010 you released part and parcel using pledge music which, yeah. which i think you've already kind of spoken about whereabouts you wanted control of of how you distributed it and and how you put it out there and, yeah. and also was making that decision a point whereabouts the band maybe went from doing the skins and having a part-time job to doing the skins full-time and that is your job uh, well, do you know what we we actually launched into like doing it as like the the whether you call it full time job or number one priority, like really early, probably too early. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, in hindsight, I mean, live, breathe, build, believe was made for like twelve hundred quid. So yeah, that wasn't really so much of a big deal part and parcel yeah we needed the pledge money for um we probably like it's pretty much when i finished college and college for any american listeners is not university in this country it's like senior high school or whatever yeah. you know finished like when you're like 18 19 or something um go get your b-tech yeah exactly my did my b-tech in popular music at uh, <laughs> westminster kingsway college yep 
in Regent's Park. And then pretty much after... I, I was actually during that... So, hang on. Sorry, I've got, I've got to do a bit of Skint's timeline in my mind. So, okay. So, 2008, I'm still at college. Jamie's maybe got, like, a little job. John's maybe got a little job, possibly signing on. And Marcia, I think, was maybe about to start uni. She was she was going to start Goldsmiths and maybe started the course there and actually quit when we just all decided to just quit life and be in the skints. And that was like, yeah, we did an EP and we did that summer tour with Clay Pigeon and then we did the King Blues took us on yep. our first like national tour, basically. And then that was kind of the thing that kicked us into like that kind of UK punk underground non-stop circuit you know and we would go out and do like they were quite long tours man like in hindsight it was just like little venues long tours it was mm. kind of all the early days was for us you know like you said your random hound mouthwash sonic boom and then we kind of were doing stuff that was maybe a little different to that's like we were doing like the agrolytes and the slackers all of that, that was kind of like our like real early years touring. And at that point, yeah, we had said, like, any money you make is in between. Like, there's no full-time jobs ahead of this. Like, we're doing the skints, man, yeah. number one. And and we just want to try and start building it. And really threw ourselves in at the deep end. Like I said, obviously, lucky enough, it's kind of difficult, man, like telling that to somebody that's maybe doing a band trying to get it going that's in like their early 30s or something because one thing I will say that I was did have the luck we had the luxury of you know parents houses to live in as at least as a base for when we went on the road and obviously you know that's nowhere rent wise is not as brutal as as we discussed earlier like you know London living prices so being like between 18 and 20 to kind of get all that going was actually in hindsight a real blessing um, you know not everyone could say that man and even when I was 18 not everyone I, I was very fortunate to be in that position did you um, feel any weight of responsibility then if you're if, if you guys have all decided okay we're going to do this but obviously Marcy wanted to go to university so therefore if it didn't work out seeing that you and Marcy seem to grow up together quite close did you ever have a like a, a feel of responsibility if, that, if this fucks up I'm technically could fuck up Marcia's life and career and like I'm put like was you the enforcer well, was you, you the person really pushing I probably never like to be honest with you with Marcia I kind of at the time I just w- wouldn't have thought about it like that because number one I'm actually the youngest in the band anyway so I maybe wouldn't have been thinking like, oh, like you're like my responsibility, like or whatever. Yeah. Like probably like more like out in the world, like when it's us on the road, and like you said, like you kind of want to protect your sister, like you said earlier, from mm. any like lecherous weirdos or whatever. Like you kind of would have a protective thing there, but in terms of like uh, like decisions in life, um, you know, we kind of all seem to be on the same page, man, and clearly still are because no one's left. There's a Twitter note. Well, coming mate, out for now. eleven years, you know, it's, I think for four-piece bands, quite rare that yeah. nobody would uh, leave. Anyway, yeah, like, well, I guess her attitude was thing was like, oh, well, if it all goes wrong, I can always come back to it. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, we're still here, man, and you know we haven't exactly, definitely haven't become millionaires or whatever. But <laughs> we've we've still just been very focused and on job, and and do have. You know, still the, the goals and vision in mind, and, and like I said, it's it's that kind of slow upwards gradient, building, building, building. Um, you know, getting a, a seriously committed core following on board that we, you know, in real life and online interact with. Um, uh, yeah, I'm drifting, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's, we've, we've, we've just not stopped mate doing it since yeah. that point where, my, where it was like okay let's put everything on hold and go for it it's, it's, there's not been a, a call to not do that I mean talk about not stopping you guys have supported different I mean the thing with the skins is that you are a genre defying band you're not I wouldn't necessarily just call you a punk band I wouldn't necessarily call you a ska band I wouldn't necessarily call you a reggae band I wouldn't necessarily call you a dub band but you still fit in those scenes like you you can you can easily walk out and support a um i mean you guys supported you me and six you've gone out and supported no effects you've gone out and supported this is my limited dub knowledge so i'm not going to start naming bands but you've gone out and you've done that and you've adapted and as a comedian a chameleon you've been able to blend in with those sounds as essentially the front man on stage because you are the person who's speaking most of the time how do you adapt to that how how do you as a performer realise that okay I need to take my punk hat off and put on my reggae hat on or is it I'm just me and they'll just accept me for, for the sound and yeah, what we're doing really, that's a really uh, that's a good point um, I mean I've kind of always felt like you know we're doing kind of felt like always felt like we never truly fit anywhere mm. But then over time, you look back and, like you said, like the scope of people that we've supported and the, even like the different kind of genre festivals that we might play is that we we've never fit anywhere, but we can fit everywhere, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to me, I've always is maybe one of the things I'm actually proudest about about the band is that um, we kind of do our thing and you know we can do or we have done the lock up stage at Reading and Leeds or like Rebellion Festival but then we can also play like Rotterdam or Summer Jam which is the most like super reggae things in Europe that you can do and to my knowledge there's no band that does all of that and yeah like I guess maybe I mean we don't really to be honest with you we've never really adapted the set yeah. Particularly, like we've always we've obviously like changed the set over time, but we've never really been like, oh, we're playing this kind of with this kind of band. We better play this song or whatever. We've kind of just done like whatever the thing we're doing at the time or whatever like era of the Skins of you like was doing at the time. Just got to kind of do our thing, man. And if people can dig it, then they're digging it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's weird. It's a it's a funny one. Never strived to be accepted but always wanted people to enjoy it yeah if that makes sense yeah so yeah but like but you know the 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 versatility of what we can do and where we can work effectively yes is something that i take massive pride in probably more than like 
a lot of other things that artists might take pride in is is, is that you know because it's all stuff we love and that's yeah. the most important thing like if this all ends tomorrow I can say like bro we've supported like pretty much like every band or m- many 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 bands that have meant serious things to us do you know what I mean so yeah man I'm eternally grateful for that I know you can get a laugh and nobody hear a knock on any door whatever it's tap tap I know with a bit of control you can be a little better better yet a better friend of me instead of I know you can get a laugh and nobody hear a knock on any door whatever it's tap 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 I'm walking as a mustard but I like a mustard I know I like a phone man say it like I have saying take away my life man take away my life man get a money on you when you see me treat me look up as the nature's a BBB this is BCRC and I will be gassy cause I lost my life and run around for your sake so I'm gonna get nasty which I always feel is a bit unfair on any artist who, who have been around for over a decade for you to remember shit that you said 10 years ago. But you, on, you, hit me. you said early in the skints that the skints are more of a punk band than they were a reggae band. Yeah. And then you got asked that question again a few years later and you said you're not sure if you believe that anymore because of the personal beliefs and opinions that you've seen in the world of punk has changed by spending three years involved in the punk scene. My eyes have been opened to a lot more things. What were you coming from there? As in, like, as really, in, like, that's really f- funny, actually, because I ask that question now, and I would maybe say, I definitely nowadays I definitely wouldn't say we are a reggae band, but I would probably say that we are a punk band. But I know, I know what you're on about, and I know what I would have been thinking at the time hmm. is that maybe like. I mean, I don't know what years they were, but like you said, I'm guessing it was early on. I think, yeah, definitely where at the beginning I would have been like, yeah, we're a punk band. And then I think being in the punk scene and seeing maybe what it's actually all about and where, you know, maybe certain people might exploit that word or that ideal, Yeah, you know, definitely in terms of, remember, I'm in the business of punk, right? Which is in itself, <laughs> many people would say it's not very punk. Not punk, yeah. Yeah. So I can definitely understand why I would maybe have wanted to move away from that term. Um, but, yeah. I mean, now I kind of, um, at 28, like way less bothered about whatever attached words there are yeah. to our thing. Do you know what I mean? So we're doing it and I've been doing it, you know, longer than anyone that's probably known about the band as... I mean, I mean, when I say doing it, I mean like the skints, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, 
you know, for anyone from the fringes to say you are this or you're not that, I'm probably not too concerned at this point. But yeah. Again, this is something I'm going I'm to throw at you, but I'm guessing you said this at the time where you might have been a bit pissed off with punk. I mean, you might not have been, but you were talking about like the punk scene and how you were disappointed about how bands can go on stage and not give a fuck about their sound. But I'm going to guess that's not really just the same as the punk scene because the Skins, I think, are some as a band. I think I, you can just see how tight the band have got now and like how fucking skilled you are on stage and that's just apparent from anyone who's ever been to a show or not been to a show you can just go and look at a band and go that shit's got that band's got their shit locked down for instance i was at the heavy music fests and i'm not going to start slagging off all the bands who played but a band called the fever free 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 came on stage and you just realized holy shit the other bands suck compared to this band because they are tight they've got their shit down and i feel like you're the same kind of feeling you go on a stage and you kind of show how other bands probably haven't got their shit together. Yeah, but yeah, do you know what? Like nowadays, I'll, again, like yeah, the the age I probably was when I was like, oh, like you lot don't even care about your sound. Like now, like I probably just don't even care. Like cause I just wouldn't even listen to it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or but that back then, that but that you gotta understand, like. Like I said, I've been in this band so long and from so young. That was probably like at the age where like, I was just discovering about like making it sound good out yeah. front of house. So I was probably on like a high and mighty tip of like, yeah, like we're like starting to like actually sound really good. So like everyone should care about that. Whereas now I'm just like, bro, do, do your, your thing. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't care, but I totally, totally, totally. That is is that, but. Um, Obviously, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I was then, maybe 20 years old or... Whatever. I don't know. I just kind of saw it when I was yeah. going through quotes of so stuff. So I, I can definitely understand, like, the mindset I would have been in at that point. But nowadays, you know what I mean? You grow and you certain you things that you care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah. you care, you don't care about. But obviously, yeah, like, our sound, and now, it's still something we take great pride in. And, um, yeah, it means a lot to us, man. But, you know... You don't have to. It's all right. <laughs> Doesn't mean your band sucks if you do, but it's pretty better if it does sound good. Being a lover of all genres, would you say now grime is probably more punk than punk? So that's a good question. No, I would say that. Um, I would say. Could both, both. I would say back in the day, I'd say when grime started, grime was more punk then than punk or grime is now. Yeah, but. Yeah, it is in some ways. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like it's 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 definitely like I think everything. I mean, like now, obviously, like you know, sounds evolve and like you know, grime has crossed over, and now like drill is like the thing that like all the all the parents and police are angry about and stuff. So you could say that like oh, drill is like the new punk because like that's people saying like oh, it's not even music and it's just yeah. noise and what they're talking about is disgusting and. You know, or like whatever your whatever trap drug dealer rap is out of America <laughs> at the moment, and people yeah. are saying like, "Oh, it's not even music. The music's just so simple." And bro, it's what everyone used to say about punk, bro. Yeah, it's just kids that can't play music, and they're saying, you know, 
damning things and uh just talking about and it ter- terrifies and... the adults man and, yeah. and whatever man if that's if you're doing a kind of music and it's doing that then it's probably pretty cool man so <laughs> keep scaring yeah. those people yeah yeah and um, so getting back to the skins uh, you've been touring the world since fm released in 2015 I mean, before that, you you were playing shows. I mean, we spoke about how you played Brixton, which is a fucking huge venue for anyone who, who who's listening to us from another country that don't live in London area or or hasn't been there. So, when you've gone to America, you've went, you've gone to Japan, or I, I don't know if you went to Asia. Did you do Asia as well? Um, we are, we've we've actually done we have one gig in Thailand, but that was kind of before FM. But yeah, Japan was really in terms of a. Uh, Asian touring infrastructure was probably yeah. the most like professional that's been. Yeah. So those venues, I'm guessing, shrink down a little bit because obviously your name's not out as much as you, you probably are in the UK. I mean, FM made it into the Billboard charts, um, so that I mean that's an achievement in itself. But you're kind of going back to playing those small venues. Like, did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy like you kind of feel like? we've started to establish ourselves in the UK now people are starting to know us we know people will come to us whereabouts now we're going to America and we're reselling ourselves like did you enjoy that or did you find it a pain in the ass of fuck you know we've got to do this again what the fuck uh, well do you know what it's funny because before we went to US obviously it was like in our dreams for a long time yeah but before we went everyone was telling like everyone here was or people that had been in British bands or had toured with British bands were saying like America it's like it's a waste of time it's too hard There's so many bands in America you never cut through the noise we went and we lost loads of money and da 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 it's what people were saying to us yeah and to be honest with you like obviously like America like is a slog mate and it's so big and you do have to work hard but we've probably galvanize like the quickest most instant like crowd wins and response in the US than we've had anywhere in the world yeah really to be honest with you Um, and you know in terms of like for how long we've been doing it in the UK and it's took us to get to a certain size venues in a much shorter amount of time you know we sold out like the Roxy in LA we sold out the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn and DC9 in Washington DC you know Obviously, this is alongside doing a lot of supporting stuff yeah. in America, but the headline stuff we've had done has like taken a lot quicker than it has in UK and Europe. And maybe that's because to be us being a new band in America, it was obviously like a lot better and a lot more professional and a lot more everything than starting as the terrible initial band that we began here. So maybe that's why. But did you feel there was more of an appetite for live music? America, um, I think I don't know man I think in America as well like we're so like different I mean obviously we're really different here as well I don't feel like there's like another five bands in England that sound like us or whatever and that's great but in America I think it's even more extreme yeah. that there's literally nothing in America that sounds like us which is maybe why people have been like okay here's, here's something kind of fresh yeah um, which I think has helped. And, um, you know, Americans, a lot of them are, like, really love, like, British music anyway, you know, so I think it kind of catches their interest in a certain way. And I don't know, man. And maybe even just the kinds of artists. Like, we did the Sublime with Rome tour, 
in like the end of 2016 up the east coast and I would say probably out of every band that we've ever supported which is a lot a lot of bands I'd say that was probably like the most instant wins with a crowd we ever had where it was like during the first song they just got it yeah. and were just in you know yeah. what I mean and most of our supporting life has been like people kind of watching and like taking it in and digesting and then by the end they're into it but that was like felt like it was like our show you know what I mean so it was it was very cool I mean you were in America the time that Trump actually got elected we were there man yeah. on the day how was that as an outsider watching that because obviously I'm going to say up front just to, just to kind of put it in your mind most of my audience is America the okay. people who listen to this podcast are mainly Americans okay and I always sometimes I talk about politics and I, I talk about my own political beliefs because I'm a liberal like I am and I'm quite proud of that and I feel out, for an outside viewpoint seeing Trump become president is fucking crazy like as much as I like to believe in our politics and, and stuff like that, we have our own Trumps and Boris Johnson and all those kind of twats. Yeah. But never in a million years did I think Trump would become president. How about you? When you were there like, and you were watching it and you were seeing it coming in, were you like, what the fuck is happening? Or could you feel it? Could you feel, right. this is going to happen? So check this out. So we like actually, on the election night or election day, we actually had a day off of our tour. This was on that Sublime of Rome tour, yeah. right? And we were staying, like... I don't know how far. Not very far outside of DC, right? Somewhere in Virginia. And uh, Lem from Easy Star Records, who was our label out there, came out, met us wherever we were. We were on, like, a day off somewhere. It wasn't too far from him. He came out, went out for, like, a Chinese dinner gone back to our hotel we're like hanging out whatever drinking beers and the 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 tv's on with like the whole the coverage or whatever and us and he, i mean he him as an american citizen is like yeah like there's no way it's never gonna happen and we're like you know we're hanging out shooting the shit listening to music and then like we're kind of looking and you've got like the graph or, or the tally or whatever yeah and like the numbers are coming in and it's getting later and like we're kind of all everyone's getting a little more inebriated and then we're kind of more focused kind of in the room is like going onto the TV yeah this is one of the weirdest like nights in the, of it's my historic. life it's historic it's a historic yeah, yeah. Everyone's I mean you'll never say, forget this exactly. night yeah. where I was bro and like and then we're watching and then like after just after a time like the mood in the room is like just solemn and silent bruv and we're looking and like Lem's looking at the TV and then while, he looks at his phone and he's like yo and when it looks like what's happening what obviously happened is about to happen he's like yeah I'm I'm gonna get a taxi like I need to go home and be with my family right now you know what I mean this is and then like we're like oh yeah like shit like this is happening and then like we're all just sort of go to bed and then like we wake up the next day and it's like really like it's like November and it's like cloudy and grey and we're all like getting in the van to like go to the next gig like cool sick US tour guys you know what I mean it was really weird man really really weird and then the show the first day which was like the first day the the um, you know he'd been elected in we were playing in like uh, 
Silver Springs, Silver Lake. It's like a suburb of DC or whatever. Yeah. So it's like really close to it. And yeah, it was just a really weird mood for the rest of that. We've been back to the US since. We went for a summer tour last year, like 311. But yeah, man, that night and just like the kind of the just the noticeable downturn in vibe especially being with like a an american friend as well yeah it was weird but you know what was weird is that a few months before that we were also in the u.s and we finished the tour and i stayed in new york for a few extra days just having a little solo time out there and that was when uh fucking brexit happened and i had done like my postal vote because i knew i wasn't going to be in the country or whatever and then yeah like i've woke up in like New York one day I'm going to be having a little holiday to myself and I've looked online and that's happened and that yeah it was very 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 strange time man opportunity to go and talk to a friend of the pod who's been on uh chuck robinson and mad caddies oh yes and big up chuck big up the caddies and yeah. uh <laughs> it's gonna be a weird question you can answer if not uh did he ever take you to his weed farm because the guy grows weed no, I, feel, <laughs> I feel disrespected i feel disrespected that um, this is the first i've heard about this yeah. <laughs> and you're on his uh punk cover album or punk rock steady yeah uh obviously the album was produced by fat mike yeah and also you uh hung out because uh anime is that how you pronounce the name anime of the inter uh, the interrupters oh amy amy is amy, amy. This is the amy. i fancied up her name there massively oh, yeah, yeah, amy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot simpler than it, uh, it um how's that and how did you end up doing that yeah, do you know what? i've actually i've not met amy personally but i have met the three other interrupters yeah um, but we they're were, over in the uk soon aren't they yes yeah. they are yeah in december yeah we were actually um when we was in la one time we went on tim armstrong's podcast and uh sorry hold up tim armstrong's got a podcast yeah yeah what the fuck on us on sirius fm i think it's called really yeah yeah it's called tim time bomb and friends 
and it's operated by uh, Kevin from The Interrupters is kind of like the producer oh mate I can yeah. do this okay, yeah it's yeah. really good man check it out yeah definitely free plug um, <laughs> yeah we were on that one it was a really amazing day for us man yeah, yeah, to yeah. be in LA being on Two Armstrong's podcast yeah don't rub it in yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah well, uh, Matt Caddy's album yeah man wicked yeah I did, I did a little thing on there they got in touch about it was an Operation Ivy cover yeah um, I mean just ticked all the boxes mate Fat Records album, Mad Caddy's doing ska and reggae-ish versions of punk classics. Didn't, you know what I mean? I was in. <laughs> I mean, I, anyone who's ever met Mike, I asked the question if you got a Mike story because he's such a big character. Yeah. I mean, have I you got a Fat Mike story? Because you've toured with him as well. Do you know what? I haven't toured. We, I've you've done like one-offs yeah. with... Mike, either in the gimmies or no effects. I've not done like a solid tour. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, be yeah, careful well, what I, you're saying because yeah, you might no, want to. I do have like, and this isn't like some like before anyone speculates. This is not like some freaky, uh, you know, like partying story or anything with Mike. My <laughs> Mike, my fat Mike story is kind of more actually behind the scenes business, which would probably be more of me to leave that off so I do yeah. you know I've, I don't know Mike really well I've had kind of dealings with him um, so I do have a story in that respect but it's kind of a bit more well, well, like keep it yourself. behind the scenes political stuff but yeah. not you know no like raging like wild tour stories or nothing like that no so, S&M yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's not me man <laughs> but he does his thing man you know what yeah. I mean that's, his, that's what he's into that's, that's cool yeah. Uh, so swerving away really quickly like we spoke about you, how you DJ a lot well, you, you, so it seems to be like your side thing whereas if you're not on the tour you want to be yeah, behind I'm the st- decks I'm learning DJ. man you know what I mean I'm, I've been doing the band thing a lot longer than I've been DJing for like money yeah but I kind of have always been a DJ just in any room I go into <laughs> on the podcast straight away yeah not podcast iPod like, yeah, yeah bro yeah. like in the van I've been the skints van DJ from the longest and at my friends house parties or even not even a party just they're just chilling in a room and I'm just person that's <laughs> running hogging the orcs yeah yeah so in that respect for me to then go and do that in a where people are hanging out drinking or hopefully dancing setting is pretty made sense transition so yeah. when say let's say you're playing like a student night okay. what, what's your banger what's your what's your go to song uh, or are you nah, one of those man. DJs who like be, fuck it can't you. be as, it can't well be as simple as that it depends mm-hmm. like I, I do like my friend um, Sammy does like a, a, a regular Wednesday night student club night in Soho at the Roxy called Choke and I DJ there quite a lot and to be honest with you that's probably like the hardest gig I do yeah, because that's kind of like having to keep up with like current things that I personally maybe wouldn't uh, choose to listen to in my yeah. own time. But you know, the, your job as a DJ in that instance is to make the the people dance, man. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and, and keep them having a good time. So that's kind of the more like, I guess, like job side of it. But then obviously, I get booked for a lot of stuff off the back of like the band name which is maybe a little more like reggae orientated or whatever and I kind of have a bit more free reign but it depends who's the room like for example tomorrow night I'm up in Leeds doing the after show of like Toots and Amitos so I'm guessing that's probably going to be like a lot of early reggae and rock steady and a little bit more like era specific yeah 
Whereas, you know, I can also, I also do, I DJ like a lot of dancehall and stuff, man, like when I'm out and just get people to lose their inhibitions and, <laughs> you know what I mean, have fun. It's cool. How are your requests? Because uh, I, I. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Cause it unless, is, it's unless it's like, re- unless I'm in like a musical zone and someone that knows what they're on about comes with a tune, and I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah, that's actually sick. But in terms of, uh, I'm playing tunes and you just want to come and tell me to play what you want to hear like nah it's not your time mate it's, it's me it's massively insulting to go up to a DJ and tell them that technically you're shit and I want this yeah like you wouldn't do it to any other one, anyone else yeah I don't know I mean like it's, it's like it's not it's not to me it's, it's not it's not that offensive but <laughs> it's I'm just probably, me, but don't get offended <laughs> if i just ignore you <laughs> um we're gonna make a massive swerve here because it's something that i like to talk about if you're okay talking about it with this podcast is the reason i started this podcast was because i was going for a period whereabouts my own mental well-being wasn't a great i i was okay. quite depressed and i needed to focus my energy on something that made me happy and the thing that's always made me happy is punk rock and also interviewing people and talking to people and just getting to know them so whenever i get the opportunity i like to talk about mental health and and because i feel like it's something that should be spoken about a lot more and people don't how about yourself like as a band do you realize when someone's being a bit more quiet than what's normal or what you would associate normal with and are you quite open talking about it with each other going hey man how, how are you or are you we're in each other's pockets all the times i'm just gonna let you be who you want to be yeah like this as a subject is something that is definitely you know within the four of us uh you know it's definitely a real thing yeah amongst you know i mean i'm not trying to divulge into any of my my guys personal lives but yeah something that's definitely has an is affects us yeah like, um you know different people to different levels or whatever so yeah but I'm, but as the four of us like i said man ultimately as friends we're friends first and you know being in a band is an intense thing to do definitely outside of like just the pressures of life outside of being in a band Mm. you know what I mean so it's something that we try and be like very like open and real with each other about after being in a band for 11 years and spending more time around each other than anyone else in the world you know what I mean you know man you can like you know when something's not right and stuff so I like to think Whilst it is, you know, very difficult at times and definitely certain people have certain struggles at certain points, I like to think that our general attitude of communication with each other about that kind of thing is from a place of, like, love yeah. and trying to help where possible. Is there um, anything that you do personally that kind of helps your own mental well-being? Like, are you... Is it music? Do you just surround yourself with music and that makes you happy? Or are you uh, a person who will, like, can you open up? Are you quite willing to talk about your own emotions? Or is it something that you need to work on? Yeah, I, do you know what? I think for me personally, I, I am in the right mood and with the right company. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe yeah. not everyone, but obviously there's certain people in my life that I feel like I can say anything to my band members being some of those people 
Um, but yeah, like generally, you know, I've got like a very, I'm, one, I'm a very lucky person in life, yeah, where I've got my at least support network in terms of like love and emotions strong from like family and old close-knit friends and even in like the music community and stuff you know what I mean I've made some of my best friends in life from doing what I'm doing right now so yeah. maybe they're people that can understand certain uh, situations that other people can't why waste time standing in that gold queue line when I can have a life of crime wake up out of that boring night to fire and all I see is my police out on beat more around my CCTV you can't see me blood controlling these streets I'd rather risk but a lot for the price of my time in a vein of a ten while they all just get by another example of a wasted your mind but I need to get shot of screen and the white asked about a lot and that's obviously the KEB cover that you guys did that okay. went wow, yeah. viral and the last time I saw you nearing to a million views on YouTube and to put that in perspective Arctic Monkeys did exactly the same song on Radio 1 Live Lounge and they've only got 300,000 views I did not know that why, never, do, why do you think that people felt it so like why do you what was it that you guys were doing that people really enjoyed or is that something you just can't think about because I don't know do you know happens. what I've actually been thinking like what's it's been such a long time I mean we've done like covers since but like the diff- when we did the KTB one like obviously at the time it was a big tune yeah and I've been like wondering like almost like waiting for like the next tune that comes along that's like going to be a current tune that we do I think uh, at the time obviously that tune was like produced by like Bengar and Scream and all that genius maybe they're all the Rimse FM guys there was a lot of talk about like you know dubstep was kind of the thing at the time and obviously that tune was pop tune but rooted in dubstep sonically yeah and I think us kind of doing like a reggae matical version with Prince Fatty and stuff was maybe a little bit like of a history of their thing even though we're not strictly like an old school reggae band or whatever we kind of did a version that was like had that tune existed 30 years before might have sounded like our thing or whatever I don't, yeah. know. I don't know man who knows hopefully it's just because it was a good cover and people <laughs> dug it I don't know man yeah that obviously Marcy was the, the vocalist on that and we, yeah. we were touching on how Marcy is 
progressed and grown in the band of the skints as becoming like one of the main vocalists in the band mm. how is that with the vibe of the band because obviously someone else has to give up their own vocal time and egos are into the band that, that's just it's just how it is so people have to give up their own vocal space to allow Marcia to grow how has that been as a, like an evolution of the band and seeing Marcia get more confident in herself and, and, and then also someone else has to kind of give up that stage do you know what I would, I don't feel like I don't think me or Jamie has ever thought about it of like we're giving something up yeah by letting her do her thing yeah because it's like because we're all writers yeah it's never been a thing of like oh well like, I would have sung everything anyway and now I'm giving up like lyrics or verses or or whatever songs to you yeah it's just like what you come with like having three songwriters in a four piece band is like quite full on mm. anyway so we just kind of how are you with that try and well we just we kind of forward and someone going yeah we just try and work. respect the creativity that's coming from different places as much as possible and kind of the skins and I think our new album really is going to show that um, you know we really allow for any kind of stylistically or mood wise of a song wherever you're at if you're in the skints and you want to express that then it's cool so yeah and to be honest with you I've only ever looked here as like whether it's Marcia pick, doing a her uh, developing on the vocals or like picking up a new instrument or us like trying a new kind of sound it's always just been like oh it's exciting like it's just expansion do yeah. you know what I mean we're going to start wrapping up. We've been talking for like yeah. an hour and All 40, right. man. Cool, man. Sorry, uh, man. So FM, we spoke about it. Yeah. Came out a bit of a time ago. 2015. Yeah. yeah. When are we going to get a new album? Like, is it going to be 2019? Are we going to get a new album in 2019? Yeah, you're, hopefully you're going to get the first tune before Christmas, hopefully. It's very political, man. It's actually quite mad. Like, basically, we did FM and just went on tour for three years. I yeah. just couldn't didn't stop like you know like you said the global touring really took over the band you know going to US so much Japan then you gotta still be thinking about Europe and UK and the bookings just you know I mean it's a, it's a nice thing really the yeah. bookings never dried up you know what yeah. I mean so there was literally just, just us working 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 and then we at the end of last year we had to say like right we need to stop now otherwise this new album is just not gonna happen and you know, we're never, like, for how long we've been a band, we don't have, like, a stupidly long outpouring of music, you know? Mm. Kind of, we need... We're not the sort of band that just, like, shits out tunes. Like, we need, like, life experiences and we need serious inspiration to, like, want to do something creative. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've kind of really tried to... We did a handful of festivals, but we really tried to hold back on the touring this year and we've been working really hard on our new album um, yeah just something really different but hopefully a new song for Christmas but definitely coming in 2019 it's been lining everything up for that you know doing the music is one thing but when you've been doing it for as long as we have we kind of want the, the rollout to be correct yeah. and uh, no false starts so while it it does feel like maybe from the outside especially if you're 
been waiting since FM. Feels like a long time. We uh, just want to get things lined up nicely. But um, yeah, man, I think it's definitely our most out there, adventurous, ambitious record for sure. And I, I don't want to keep pushing our conversation along, but with this one, you kind of spoke about how you kind of avoid labels because you want to have your own control. Is this through a label or is this through your own bank? Well, like, yeah, all our albums ultimately have been licensed through yeah. record labels. It's just during the creation of them, I haven't had label involvement. And that's the same with this one. We've made it on our own dime and now we're in a position where now the material exists, we then approach you know, independent labels or be approached by independent labels with uh, you know, something that has already been created and therefore can't be tampered with yeah. too much if you know what I mean yeah so, yeah definitely yeah. well this is no bullshit on a list of bands I wanted to talk to for this podcast you guys are on there because like I said I saw you way back when in 2010 and it's been a band that I've enjoyed seeing evolve and there's nothing better for a music fan personally seeing a band that you've loved just get bigger and bigger and bigger and get a bigger audience playing bigger shows and allowing other people to experience what you're creating so I mean I don't want to say thank you because that's just no thank you but, man. but yeah thanks for giving me time and especially giving up all this fucking time um, no worries and all the best man thank you thanks for that brother
you so much to Josh for giving so much of his time and keep an eye out for that new stuff coming soon. That's it from me. I'm going to wrap this up quickly this week. Follow the podcast and all the socials at Punks and Pubs. Go rate and review, please. If you want a t-shirt, email punksandpubs at gmail.com. Playing at the show this week is Los Bananos. They are a Spanish-speaking band coming to you from Madrid, Spain. I'm going to fuck up the title of the song, so I apologize in advance. This track is called Una Maniki. That's it for me. I'll be back next week with the last show of the year and the Christmas special you won't want to miss. If you're going to a punk show and you see someone fall down, you pick them right back up again. Until next week, bye-bye. No, no sé. ¿Cuántos años hace? No. 